Welcome everyone to the Reflection Artist Live podcast hosted by myself, Justin Lobato. Set your calendars to tune in every Wednesday at 12 p.m. Eastern Time or 9 a.m. Pacific Time where I will be bringing you industry spotlight interviews live from my active detail shop or an industry event. So if you're curious about who is who and what is what in the detail industry, don't forget to subscribe and tune in every Wednesday for some of the most exclusive interviews. All right, so we are officially live on Facebook. Uh, Today is December 23rd, Wednesday, of course, uh, the day before Christmas Eve of all times to have a a podcast, but we're keeping them running. Uh, So we have Reflection Artists Live podcast number nine with our special guest, Bob Phillips from PNS Sales. If you're not familiar with PNS, you will be after this podcast. Um, and if you aren't familiar with PNS overall, you should be because they are a major player in the industry of detailing. Uh, nonetheless, with Bob Phillips himself being the owner, uh, you know, taking the um, everything that his father's built and, and running with that and making it into a, a bigger brand than what it even started as, which has been amazing. He's been in the industry for 40 years, uh, been head of PNS now for 20, both him and his brother being the chemist. Um, but overall, you know, he's been around since the inception of the IDA. You know, he helped start and be, you know, be part of the big picture of what the industry is today. And so, um, you know, going back, Bob, thank you. And going back, you know, give us a little background on how you got into the industry at that, that early age and how you've become where you are now. Yeah, absolutely. First off, good morning, Justin. Good morning. Uh, good morning, everyone. Uh, yeah, today's December 23rd, and uh, it's the last kind of working day for PNS anyway. We shut down between Christmas and New Year's, and I got to tell you, I don't know about you guys, but I know that uh, 2020 can't get over quick enough. So we can get to 2021, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, what, is, what a strange year. I mean, you think about it. I mean, a lot of businesses have thrived. A lot of have, a lot have struggled. A lot have gone out of business. I mean, it's just been a trying year for everyone. Um, so, you know, just, you know, happy to get this year behind us. Yeah. And the, the sides of the, you know, my, my side of the world versus your side of the world that we're, we're over here running around, no problems at all in Florida, but in California, it's a whole nother ball game. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we're, you know, based in uh, Northern California, the Bay area and man, they, uh, they take this shit seriously here. So it's a little different, you know, but um, you know, I just, you know, the country needs to come together and heck, we're going to, we're going to put this behind us and, you know, hopefully the latter part of the 2021, we'll all be back hugging and high-fiving like we used to be able to do. Right. Yeah. I'm, I'm anticipating yeah. that. So it's funny you mentioned 40 years. I, the strangest thing is I don't feel like I've been in this business, you know, 40 years, um, because it's changed so much. Right. You know, when I was a kid and I first started at 18, you know, I was just working in my dad's warehouse. Um, and then, uh, you know, then, you know, fast forward to now and how we've, you know, reinvented our company. We added double black. And we have great people like you, uh, Justin, kind of working alongside us and Rennie and just the dynamic team that we have. Uh, there's so, it's changed so much. It's hard to say you've been doing something for 40 years because it always seems like, I don't know, every year is a fresh year. Uh, uh, the industry continues to thrive. It's, it's a, you know, amazingly uh, resilient um, and then, you know, I think the passion for caring for cars is greater than it's ever been. So, yeah. you know, there's more opportunities now. I mean, when you think about it, I mean, you know, I think it, it kind of reminds me when, you know, a video came out 
you know, they didn't think people would go to the movie theater, but then theaters, you know, thrive. Of course, they're not thriving right now, but they thrive. Then when you think about, you know, YouTube videos coming out, teaching people how to detail their cars, you know, detailers may have thought, well, you know, then they're going to do it themselves. But no, it, it basically just raised the level of professionalism for everybody and, and actually created a lot of enthusiasts at home doing their own thing, but also created a higher value for detailing. And so now, you know, detailers are more successful than they've ever been. So there's more opportunities. So, I mean, to look back 40 years, it's, it's daunting because it's changed so much, you know, but, um, you know, it's been, it's, it's been spectacular, man. I, I love what I'm doing. Uh, I love working with guys like you, Justin. I mean, when we met, I mean, a lot of people, I mean, you said, you know, this is about, you know, interviewing me, but I got to tell you, Justin, you're a spectacular individual in this business and you bring so much to this industry and I'll never forget when we first met man it was you know we were kind of both new to quote the detail mafia you know just kind of trained with Rennie and and met at Air Force One and uh you know it's it's been a great relationship ever since yeah yeah and to touch on that that's I tell a lot of people that because you know it's it's funny how this industry is where you know you meet a lot of people you get relationships with people but the 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 difference is, is like we you know i didn't know anything about pns at the time you know that was uh, such a well-known brand in california and here i was a florida boy on the west coast you know in seattle and it was still new to me right being new to the group the new to the brand and not knowing you i thought you were another detailer so we kicked it off as just detailers right not knowing that bob phillips was you know, was Mr. PNS. And, I didn't, and want, I didn't want to let the secret out, you know? <laughs> I mean, yeah. it was funny because realistically, when you think about that, I mean, you talk about, you just said something that's really important and a lot of people don't know this, but you mentioned that, you know, PNS wasn't known. And, you know, obviously we were known, we were, you know, stronger geographically on the West Coast, but you're right, you know, we weren't known. And, you know, yourself, many of the members of the Detail Mafia and detailers in general, you know, lit a fire under me, but also there was already a marketing plan in place. It's one of the reasons I went to train with Rennie. One of the reasons I wanted to get more engaged. One of the reasons I got involved with the idea is because I needed the brand to get out because I quickly learned that if you were just an industrial brand in this industry, you could get lost. Yeah. Spectacular companies were, you know, passing us by, but here we were this legacy brand. And I'll never forget. I was sitting next to Doug Cunningham and they asked, he says, so uh, where's your detail shop? And I go, ah, well, I don't really have a detail shop. And he goes, you know, so why are you here? I'm like, well, you know, I got this chemical company. He's like, what? And I told him the name. I said, PNS. And he goes, what's that? And then, I mean, I was like, fuck, you know, that just fired me up. And so, you know, all those things. I mean, I don't know. I think one of the things about this industry is that there, people are so helpful. And, yeah. and want to see people succeed. You just got to cure. You just got to curate them right. You know, you just got to make that happen. And um, you know, I I totally believe in what you know we have all said. You know, for years is that you know if you give back, you create opportunities. And you know, we have I have personally, and and, and my brother, and our company, and I know Rennie lives by that. It's like you know, make deposits. Don't just take. And so, you know, I've always believed in depositing into the industry and, and giving more. And it really started, you know, 10 or 11 years ago when I said, you know, in this next association, the IDA was just an idea was, you know, it's really time that I really try and give back. And, um, and that, that, that created everything, 
it created so many opportunities that, you know, that association and many other things, a lot of individuals along the way, companies, you know, have played an amazing role, but that's what's changed the industry. And that's, that's what I, th I think, that's why I think detailers are appreciated, appreciative of everybody is because they understand it wasn't just like one person or one association. It was, it was a group of detailers yeah. that, you know, that had uh, a vision together had a vision page. Yeah. and still have the same vision. I mean, one of the things that's amazing, I mean, think about this, Justin, we get together at trade shows and it's like, you know, you could get 50 detailers together or 300 detailers together at Randy's party last year at, at SEMA, or actually it was 365, I think, or whatever the account was that came. We all got together and we were all like, this is so awesome. That's what makes our industry great. Yeah. hundred percent. And that's, that's what's, the, the periods of evolution have, have got us to that point because every period has become better with everybody getting along. And despite the differences of brands or what badge you're wearing, that doesn't matter. It doesn't matter at all. People crack me up. I'm like, you're friends with so-and-so, you know, so-and-so brand. I'm like, oh my God. Yeah. I mean, one of the, we, we did SEMA 360. I got to tell you the biggest thrill for me was meeting Richard Griot. Right. And, and, and then, you know, on a call, Tunch Gorin, who I've, I've met, but it's just, you know, to be on the call with these guys, we did want to get uh, Paul from Chemical Guys, which I've never met Paul. I'd love to meet him. I mean, all these guys, they're, they're, they're all talented. Adam Patali from Adam's Polishes. I mean, Adam's just such a character, but, and I want to be friends with all those people because, yeah. you know, I mean, we're all competitors, but we're really, you know, hey, there's plenty. We, we can sell a lot of juice to everybody, right? It, it, so, I mean, it's just, it's just about, you know, rising above all that and, and coming together as a team to better the whole industry. Yeah, it's just a different approach to a good product, you know? Yeah. I mean, just like anything yeah. I mean, else. I, you know, it's, it, you know, they think, you know, I laugh when detailers, you know, they're comparing products and they're, they're slugging it out. I mean, it's the best thing, right? You know, Beadmaker did this or, you know, this product did this or whatever. I mean, that's all good noise. Yeah, everything has its purpose. You know, whatever, yeah. whatever you decide you want that purpose to be, Go for it. We're supporting you either way. <laughs> but Justin, let's go back to, because I think a lot of people, when we first met at Air Force One, I love telling the story. You and I, I think it was our day two, day three, I can't remember. And it was, you know, it was kind of early on in the, uh, not early on in the Air Force One detailing years, but still when it was, I, Air Force One was outside, right? Yep. It wasn't uncovered. Still a tight crew. Yeah. Still a tight crew. And, you know, it was more of a kind of a, freestyle event you know i remember the lifts we were standing on the edges of the lifts we got in trouble by boeing for that i mean so many things but you know the thing is when you and i were buffing the nose of air force one and we were using this polish that you know wasn't ours but that didn't matter it was it was a chemical suppliers polish that was given to us to use yep it had it had no it had no oil no no nothing and the the nose of the plane was like dry 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 and we're just and looking I, at each other like, what is, what are we going to do? It's not working, right? And I, and my favorite, I, I just love it because I'm like, you know what we need is we need some silicone. We need some oil. We need something, right? And so I remember I pulled the chapstick out of my pocket He's and like, I started smearing yeah, it on the we nose. we just need this stuff. Yeah, exactly. We need to moisturize <laughs> this thing. And then we, you're like, you're looking at me like, what are you freaking crazy? I'm like, well, you know, it's a wax, man. Come on. We're going to, we're going to polish this thing. And sure enough, you know, we, we polished the nose of Air Force One with and the chapstick. it worked. And it worked. <laughs> it worked. But, you know, it it's just pretty, amazing. I, I, that's what I, you know, I, I love those stories and, and our connection. I mean, uh, many people don't know this, but you've been a, a part of the McCall's Motorworks event uh, many times. And one of my favorite times, is, if you remember, 
your flight was out late. Everybody was gone. And we went on a hike. And we went on a hike in the Redwoods, man. And I got to learn so much about you. And to me, that's what this industry is about, is, you know, getting to know people. And, uh, you know, I mean, I, I, we may be on the opposite ends of the country, man, but I'll tell you what, I, I, I just value our relationship so much. Absolutely. And that and was my point. It's, it was very organic. It wasn't just a show-based kind of meet you. You're, you're this person, I'm that person. It was truly just organic and meeting each other as if we ran into each other at a restaurant and first met or something. And that's, that's, right. I value that as well. And that's, that's come a long way for sure. Yeah. And then look at you with, uh, you know, Buff and Shine now spokesperson. I mean, one of the things that's, you know, I'm not interviewing you, but I do is one of the things that I always love, Justin, is I'll never forget when you did your first presentation at IDA. And uh, we were sitting there and you were nervous, but you got up, you did a spectacular job. And then one of the things that I, I you have such a talent for is the ability to take advice, utilize it and turn it into something. And when you were done with that presentation, and I wish I had your skills, when you were done with that presentation, you basically said, all right, what did I do right? And what did I do wrong to everybody in the audience? Because you're like, I want to do nothing but get better. And that was, to me, was, it was spectacular, you know, and you, you, that's, how you, that's how you've always been. I just figured I'd own it, right? <laughs> if I can yeah, make yeah, it better. Hey, I'm new. Round. I, this one I'm going to do. I mean, most people, you know, we get so caught up in our presentation. We're like, well, you know, I hope I did a good job, but you were willing to, you know, open up and say, all right, what didn't I do right? And, uh, but you you did a lot right. So thank you. I think a lot of that came from, you know, all the years of boxing and, you know, getting out of the ring and okay, what did I do wrong? What did I do right? Now you can't watch yourself, right? (laughs) One one of the things about boxing, man, you quickly learn when you do something wrong, you just got tagged. (laughs) Right. So yeah, that's like, I, it was so funny. I, Rennie and I, I took Rennie to a boxing gym that we used to be uh, members of, and it was a, it was called Undisputed. It's a spectacular fitness program. And um, anyway, so we go to this boxing thing, right? And Rennie's like, "You box?" I go, "No, no, I hit a bag. I don't box. I go, I never want to get hit back, right? I'll, I'll hit a bag for fitness, but I'm not gonna. I don't box. Yeah, that hurts. Uh yeah, yeah. It's it's, it's a weird sickness of joy. <laughs> that that is one extreme humbling sport it is you got to be fit as shit and you got to and then you got to keep your composure you can't if you get tired you lose your composure and then so you have to be ultimate fit i mean that's crazy so a little history uh pns how it got started uh let everybody know you know how how all that derived and where that got started leading up to you being in the warehouse at 18. So my dad and uh, a gentleman by the name of uh, Art Stuber formed P and S, P being a Phillips, my last name, and S being Stuber. So it's P and S, you know, sales. And they started in the city of San Francisco. And at that time, they, you know, they were selling uh, chemicals. It was started in 1961. We actually celebrate our 60th year uh, next year, celebrating 60 years. There you go. Uh, in, in 2021. But um, so, you know, they just had a philosophy of providing everything for a car dealership. So, you know, it was D- detail chemicals was one of them, but then it was hubcaps, it was, you know, all kinds of carpet mats, all kinds of stuff, anything to supply, you know, to a car dealership, that was kind of their, their business model. And then they brought on another partner and then they brought on, you know, a chemist and started manufacturing, you know, doing all that stuff. And that was in the early sixties. Um, 
And the business, you know, stayed in the city of San Francisco until uh, February of 1990. And then my brother and I wrote a business plan to my dad to build the facility that we're in now, or the facility that we have where we manufacture products. But I got involved in 1980 out of high school. I, I was in high school and I was just working there part-time, you know, in the warehouse. And then uh, my dad said, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you the sales route for the city of San Francisco, uh, which was his territory. The business had evolved. Now we had distributors, but the city was, you know, his kind of the factory territory. So that's where, you know, I kind of cut my teeth on the industry. And, you know, you can imagine being an 18 year old kid calling on car dealerships in the city of San Francisco. I was from the suburbs and, you know, things were very different back then. Um, the city, uh, you know, is, it's not, they're not sprawling dealerships. They were dealerships and high rises. So there were, you know, man lifts and car elevators and all this stuff to, and actually quite spectacular car dealerships, to be honest with you, to see them in a, in a building like that. It's, uh, it was really cool. But as an 18 year old kid, I mean, I was such a, I was so green, but, you know, I just went out and did what my dad told me and, um, you know, treated the customers right. And man, I made, I did that for 10 years. I made some of the, I still have some of my best friends in the industry um, are guys that I met, you know, when I was 18, 19, 20 years old. So you're and running the route for 10 years? 10 years. Wow. Yeah, I ran the route for 10 years while doing other stuff, you know, because it was the, the city, uh, it was like two or three days a week, you know, so I had other time. And then, you know, my dad allowed me to get more involved in the business. And I was always kind of the person that, you know, I always wanted to just improve things. So it could have been as simple as I was working in the warehouse and I go, dad, this doesn't look right. And I'd tear the whole section apart and I'd reorganize, it, you know, and he'd be like, oh, that was good. You know, so I just always liked improving stuff. And um, so that was, you know, really kind of where he saw that, you know, I was really into the business per se. Um, and, you know, I went to college, but when I was done, you know, I, I didn't really have a clear path of, you know, what I was going to do. So my dad said, well, you know, why don't you just, you know, keep working here. So I did. And then, um, you know, around 20 years ago, my dad, you know, uh, made me president of the company. And then my brother, you know, obviously Dave is, you know, we're part equal partners and, you know, he's, he's head of the operations. I'm head of the sales side of the business, but, um, you know, we, we designed this new facility, which was, you know, amazing because my brother and I really, you know, my brother's is a chemist, but we'd never designed a manufacturing facility, Justin. We just, he just did it. And we just did it. It was, you know, at that time we weren't even in the chemical manufacturing business. We had gotten out of it, but oh, wow. the company that we were buying from, we had so many problems, man. They, they had cash flow problems. We were helping them out. We were, you know, we were paying the raw material suppliers, you know, and then one time we get a product and it was, you know, yellow. And the other time it was slightly green. I mean, all the things that you didn't want, oh, boy. you know, it was just a nightmare. And so we'd have sales meetings and I, you know, I was the, quote, sales manager at like, I don't know, what, 28 uh, or 20, 26 or 27. My dad would let me, you know, kind of, we'd run the meetings together, but they were always, they were stupid problems. You know, how come it's yellow? We got it. I'm like, oh my God, we can fix this. So my brother and I lived together at the time and basically wrote a business plan to our dad to say, hey, you know, we should build, we should get back in the manufacturing business. We've got to control our own destiny and we should build this, you know, we should build this facility. And really, my dad was absolutely spectacular in that, you know, he made decisions without fear, um, which is, you know, is funny, you know, the little things would annoy my dad, the big things, it was like, didn't even bother him. So when my brother and I presented this business plan to him, we figured like, he, yeah, he's ready to retire, Justin. I mean, not retire, but 
you know, he, he, he's doing pretty good. He didn't need to, you know, help his kids out. And he basically said, yeah, we should, he, he read the presentation, he went through it and he looked at us and he said, yeah, we should do this. You know, um, we should have done this years ago. And basically, I mean, my brother and I didn't have any money. We didn't, I mean, we were in our twenties, you know, no credit, really nothing. And my dad basically said, all right, let's put this thing together. And he, you know, borrowed money from friends, banks and everything. And then we built the facility that we're in now. Um, and, you know, it was spectacular. You know, my dad basically, you know, he set his kids up is what he did. We owe him a lot. Yeah. But you also helped, help pioneer that as well. I mean, so oh, of it, course. it was a family yeah, I mean, effort. Which... Oh, no, we were all in it. I yeah, mean, yeah, I, yeah. Know, I, I look, I mean, it wasn't like he just set his kids up, but I mean, he, he really, and we enjoyed as a family yeah. and still do, uh, you know, working together. I mean, building this place, you can imagine, I mean, you know, we were, we were working on it together. I mean, it was such a great family bonding experience, you know, um, that it just, you know, taught us everything on, you know, just how to operate in the family business and, and how to deal with, you know, what do you keep on the job? What do you keep off the job? You know, the, the, the general rule was, you know, we'll, we'll work hard during the day and at night we turn the business off and then it's family. Yes. You know, and so we, we, we maintain that. Sure. We got some, some pretty heated arguments over the years, I'm sure, you know, but. Oh yeah. It all, I mean, that's but the other it, side know, of being family yeah, too, you right? Know, I mean, that's, <laughs> that's the side of family. You know, you can get in an argument and go like, Oh, we're still friends because we're family. Right. Sometimes <laughs> you get an argument with coworkers. They're like, you know, I'm out of here. I'm like, well, you, you can't quit if you're family. <laughs> so as far as like, you know, on, on the detail side with you being a supplier and a manufacturer and all that, you know, where did you start in regards to like, you know, doing some detailing yourself? I mean, that had always interest you, but also I know going through Rennie training that helped you in regards to understanding the craft even more so, but. Well, I was always a detailer, you know, and I, and I still am. And one of the favorite things is, is you know, I'm, I don't have the skills of a lot of detailers for sure. Cause you know, if somebody does it five days a week and you know, they're, they have a lot of talent. Right. Um, but you know, I always loved cleaning a car. Uh, you know, it's like, it, it, it didn't take a lot of thought process to do that. And it's like therapy to me, even today, my wife's like, why are you washing your own car? I'm like, well, cause I like it. I mean, I, I you know, in detail, probably, what are you crazy? But no, I, I, I do like it. I have a passion for that. I love, you know, one of my favorite things about the detailed training classes that we, that we do is, you know, basically you bring in, you know, an undetailed car in and then you deliver the car back to the customer and the thrill of the customer seeing the quality of the work that you've done. I mean, as a detailer, that's, that's, that's the, that's the fun part, right? The yeah. customer walks in your shop, they're like, what'd you do? Repaint the thing, you know, that's all the those rewarding so, part. And, and when I was in uh, high school and, you know, I cleaned cars on the side, right? Um, it wasn't really a job. It was just kind of a side hustle. Um, so I always liked cleaning cars, but then even, you know, to be a successful guy on the truck selling chemicals, man, you got to know what you're doing. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I, I had to pull out, I demoed product. I, I did, you know, there's nothing better than going in the shop. Like me walking into your shop, I show you a new product and you're like, yeah, I think it's okay. But I know it's good because I've used it, right? I've lived it. I, I, I know all that. So, you know, if I present a product to you and you don't like it, then I probably didn't present it right. Because if I know it works and I'm trying to present you with, you know, something that either you know, saves you time, makes your life easier. I mean, those are things you're looking for to supply into the industry. And, you know, you want to help the industry out. 
So you look for successful products. You just don't, you know, put a liquid in a, in a jug, put a label on, hope the hell it sells. You got to have a, you got to have a plan for it. Yep. It's got to, it's got to fit. It's got to offer a solution to give you desire to want to use it. So, um, you know, I think to be successful, to go back, to be a de- I had to be a detailer. You got to be a detailer, man. You got to yeah. know what you're doing. Yeah. I mean, I, and, and that's just, it's always part of it. My brother and I still, the, the funnest thing that we do is like, you know, he's working on something. We go out, okay, let's go polish a car. Let's go do this. We're always, always testing. So always got to be a detailer, but going to Rennie's was really about, you know, engaging the, all the aspects of the industry and find out, you know, what is going on in the industry. And, but it was really about every student that goes to Rennie's training they really go to better their business. That's why yeah. they go. I mean, and then, and we did the same thing. We were just a little different, right? We weren't exactly, you know, a detailer, um, but it was because of the special relationship that I had, you know, that I still obviously have with Rennie is the fact is like, look, it, it's business first in terms of, you know, I respect this, that we're not a detailer and I want to be part, I want to, we wanted to get involved and, you know, PNS has always maintained that where it's like, look, it's not about selling product. It's, it's, not, it's none of that. It's about connecting and improving our business as well. Yeah. And that's, that puts a whole new level to, or highlight to owner operator. You know, you've done that very successfully from the manufacturer perspective. You're still involved. You're hands-on, you're in the industry, you're talking to details, you're working side by side with details, you're detailing yourself as to not all say, presidents, CEOs of these manufacturing companies are doing that at that level, you know, and that's not taken away from them, but you put the true meaning behind operator owner, because you're really still all in with everything. All aspects. Well, my favorite, my favorite thing, Justin, would be to come to your, your, your shop and you got a car and you're like, Bob, man, I need some help. Let's do it. I mean, I can think of nothing better than walk into your shop and you go like, okay, Bob, here's the polisher, get to work. And I'm like, well, what, what kind of, what, what polisher do you use, Justin? What, what, pol- I, I'm open to anything. Right. So, I mean, yep. that to me, that that's the fun part is, yes. you know, rolling up our sleeves and working on the car together. And I'm watching you. I'm like, well, I haven't done that technique. Maybe I should do that technique. You know I mean? That, that to me is what makes this industry cool is that, and that's why I love it because I, you know, to me, it's still about doing the job. Yeah. I mean, it's still about detailing. But it, 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 I point, don't, it'll never change. Obviously, I've been doing it 40 years. It's not going to change now. <laughs> but to your point, though, when you are by, side by side with somebody or multiple people on a project, you learn so much because the techniques and, you know, everybody's getting to the same finish result, but everybody has a little bit of a twist on how they get there. You know, some are faster, some are slower, but at the end of the day, it gets to the end result. And, and that's the big picture of being able to kind of pull knowledge from each other on what approach and why they took that and have an understanding of it. Your well, new respect. The, and one of the things I love, you know, the IDA does the, you know, the certified detailer program or skills validated program. Um, and one of the things that's so cool, I think, is like, you know, when you're when you're the proctor, you know, you're essentially the instructor, and you're watching the student, and you go, okay, you know, there's three polishers out there, there's three pads, you know, figure it out, and you 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 watch that individual. And as a skilled detailer, you watch how he picks up the polisher, how he puts the pad on the tool, how he applies the product. And in 10 seconds, we can tell whether this guy knows what he's doing. Yep. It's not, you know, because you, if you've done it, you got the, you got the skills. And Jason Kilmer, I think you had him on earlier, right? Yeah. 
Yeah. So Jason, I love Jason. He goes, hey, man, give me a wool pad and something and a polisher and I will make that car freaking shine. And that's it. If you're a real detailer, man, you can do it with anything. Sure. It would be easier with, you know, the correct tool. But the true detailer, I mean, you know, you can make anything work. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't have to be the most premium products, machines, things of that nature. If you're a true detailer, yeah, you could grab what's in front of you and it may take a little longer, but. Oh, I think it would be the funnest <laughs> thing. We've talked about this so many times. But I think the funnest thing is to get a bunch of old school rotary polishers together with some wool pads and go, all right, guys, let's see who really knows how to detail, right? Because then it's going to be, you know, I mean, let's face it. We love the DA tools because they make us all rock stars. But man, you know, if you have a rotary polisher and you can make a make paint look good, really good with just that tool, man, you've, you've, got, you've got some skills. They've done it at some point in time, right? I mean, it's, it was done back then. It, it could be done again. It's just a lost exactly. art. I learned, the, the polisher I learned on was 3,200 RPMs with a nine-inch wool pad. Oh, my gosh. With inch and a half wool on it. I mean, dude, it was, you know, and there was no, you know, variable speed, slow it down. This thing was on at 3,200 RPMs. It was crazy, man. You know, those days you go in a you go in a successful shop and you'd look around at about waist high, and there would be compound or polish sling all around the polish, all around the <laughs> shop at a certain level because that was the that was the level of the car, right? Yeah. And you're like, well, these guys are knocking some shit out, right? I mean, they, abstract you know, art. <laughs> you're like, yeah. Now you know everybody's got fancy lights, and all, but that was the successful shop. It was like these guys are knocking work out. Wow. Yeah, that's funny because that's, I remember, that's who you see a lot in body shops now too. But, you still do, yeah. Yeah, and and funny to touch on too, a little history, um, you know, talking about buffing pads and not to shine too much light on buff and shine, but you were one of first, I think, or second of buff and shine's clients. Well, I know we were early on. I know, yeah, you, you know, early on. Rich, um, you know, he did some business in LA, I think with his uncle, um, I think they were Caroma. I think that was the brand. I, I can't, pardon me if I'm not. That was the late eighties. That was a long time ago. <laughs> yeah. Oh, thank you, man. You're making fun of my memory. Now. Right. <laughs> but anyway, um, so, uh, no, yeah, no. As a matter of fact, when, uh, my dad had to pick Rich up from the airport cause he was so young, he couldn't rent a car. Ah, so we were definitely one of Buff and Shine's, you know, first customers. Um, and you know, they've, it's a spectacular company, always has been. They always have our back. I mean, you know, they've evolved the company uh, similar to what we have, you know. Um, you know, Rich, they, you know, when we created Double Black, they're like, hey, we, we've got it, we've got it. And I remember having the conversation with Richard going, look, I know you do a lot of private label product and that's really how you make your money. But I got to tell you, Buff and Shine has to be a brand. And man, you guys just killed it. You, you, you took that, you know, it wasn't my, I mean, it was just a comment. I'm sure he got advice from other people, but I remember going like, look, if you don't have brand, you got nothing. And he's like, you're right. And then they just, he ran, he ran, Julio ran with it. They picked you up. I mean, they, they, they took that seriously. And now Buff and Shine, you know, if it's not a Buff and Shine pad, you know, it's not a quality pad. And that, that's really, doesn't matter whether it's private label. I mean, for us, people go, well, who do you get your pads from? We go, well, Buff and Shine. You're like, oh, good pads. I mean, so we don't hide the fact that we get, you know, we're not, we're not a pad manufacturer. No, I don't think 
virtually nobody in our industry is. We, we rely on great companies like Buff and Show. Thank you. Yeah, no, it's, there's definitely some history there. And that's what I was, you know. And other talking. ones, and other yeah. ones oh, too. Yeah. I don't, oh, yeah. oh, I don't yeah. want to, you know, yeah. Lake Country, no, I mean, there's, there's other, obviously. They're all friends, but I mean, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. no, they, you know, here's the thing. There's, there's heavy hitters in every category of our industry, whether it's pads, polishers, or liquid uh, chemicals. You know, and it just, again, it's just a different approach to the same end goal of being able to provide a quality product for, you know, the end user's arsenal, the detailer, and making sure that they could get the results that they're looking for to achieve whatever their expectations are. Everybody's expectations are different, right? You have the purists that want everything to be absolutely flawless. Then you have those that are on the production side that just need to get it clean, shiny, and protected. But if you're in their arsenal, you've achieved something, you know, that, some others can't because they're not in that arsenal. So right. that's what matters, you know? And when you get the reputation of quality, that starts to carry on. And that's where, you know, like what you've done with PNS with bringing it from where it was mostly dominant on the West coast of the U S now it's, you know, great here on the East coast as well. And it's making its way as, as full pledge across both sides. Um, and, you know, with, with the West coast, I mean, we're, where, where, how many, I should ask, how many storefronts, uh, you know, before we started or the storefronts program started? I mean, where were you at just for the West Coast side of things in regards to that? Well, you know, we had distributors that had storefronts, but what we identified with was the fact that distribution partners that had storefronts were basically more current and more in tune with the industry. And so, you know, if you're a guy on a truck and you're calling on car dealerships and you may have a thriving business, don't get me wrong, but you know, you're, you're a little bit, you could be isolated um, because you're not seeing everything. Not so difficult now because you know, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube, you, you see yeah. everything. Now. But you're but, right though, you know, when you're in that bubble of we'll, just them, yes, you don't see everything. The thing about a store would be that, you know, you would have, you know, mobile detailers or, or uh, you know, enthusiasts coming in going, hey, have you seen this? So they would be more current, so it would, force them. So one of the reasons that we really focused on the storefront program is because we, we identified that our distributors that had storefronts were essentially more successful businesses. They were diversified. So, um, and then, um, so then we started pushing the storefront program because it, it helped them be more successful. We urge them, if you don't have a store, you know, somehow make your warehouse. So you've got a storefront so you can allow people to walk in and buy product. We realize it may not be your core business, but it's another avenue. And it's yeah. really, you, know, you see, and in some markets, I mean, like, you know, Southern California, which, uh, I mean, I know people think we're a West Coast company and we certainly are, but Southern California has never been a strong market for PNS. It is now because oh, wow. we've got great distribution partners that are setting up uh, storefronts. And I mean, we doubled our business in Southern California in 2020. Oh, doubled. Wow. Yeah. And that's why we have now Kyle Clark as our regional rep in Southern California, because I'm like, Kyle, I need a guy, right? I, I got to have a guy down there to help, you know, nurture this great, you know, customer base. Because, I mean, Southern California is unlike any other market, you know, in the in the country, if not the world. I mean, there are, they're like, they're like detail outlets on every corner, practically. I mean, there's a little micro stores that sell all kinds of product. It's not, it's not traditionally done anywhere else, but certainly done in Southern California. Wow, a big car community too. Uh, Huge that, car community, and, yeah. and we are, and we're still a small player in that market, you know. But we did double our business. We're gonna, and we're gonna do some big. We're doing some big numbers down there, but there's a huge opportunity down there because you're right. I mean, that is, 
you know, that's where, you know, the cars and coffee started. All that stuff started in Southern California, you know? Yeah. And, and I, I, you know, I, I mean, I'm sure McGuire's obviously, you know, played a huge role in that because, you know, they had, uh, Mike Phillips tells a story when he first started, you know, when he worked with McGuire's, I mean, it was like, you know, just, tr- you know, riding and training and, and nurturing people out of their facility and creating opportunities um, for events and engaging with customers. And, you know, I'm sure I'm butchering all that, but I mean, that's essentially, you know, what they created. Yeah. To get them together to network the car community. Now yeah, an outlet and for now it. cars and coffee. I mean, you know, that those events, I mean, PNS, launched is launching 20 park and shine pns park and shine pns right so we're focusing on that because we want detail shops to host events i mean sydney bray gwen our spoke one of our spokesperson out of boise idaho she uh hosts a car show over here called cruising hidden springs uh she gets over 100 cars to exhibit i think 150 cars in her community called hidden springs and it's huge and, you know, and, you know, she started it, I think, five years ago. Um, and, you know, it's just it just grew up. And now it, it, last year, of course, with COVID, it was a little different. It was more of a, a cruise than it was a yeah. show. But, you know, those things for shops, I mean, even if you have a I mean, Gordon McCall, most people don't know that story. But, you know, when he started his event, which, by the way, the picture of you behind you is taken at in the hangar at uh, the McCall's Motorworks Revival. Event. Yes. Um, yeah. And so, you know, when Gordon started that whole event, it was basically, he goes, hey, I, I, you know, I got a couple customers here. We're all prepping for Pebble Beach. Um, You know, why don't we just have a little barbecue? And now it's turned into a party for 4,000 people. Yeah, exclusive red carpet. And he invented the hangar party. He invented the hangar party, right? And so, you know, that started with that. So, you know, I know you posted events and, you know, you don't have to go crazy one, one a year, yeah. two a year, but yeah. allow your customers to engage with you, man. Because when they see how professional you are and the effort and energy you put into a car, I mean, I would do an open garage and invite customers to come in and say, hey, here's how you polish paint. Because they're going to find out. It's like, wow, that's really tough. I'm good. Yeah. I'm going to pay Justin to do it because do you see the work he just did? I mean, that that's, you know, so um, anyway, I don't know where I was going. With no, that. no, I you're right. To- it's it, to, to your point, though, it's those events that have helped pioneer growing our industry, but also those uh, inner circle events for individual shops and or businesses that have been able to hold related like cars and coffee kind of things that bring in the local community for the networking aspect to show what you can really do or what your capabilities are to express basically what you're there for. And they're more educated now leaving on, oh, this guy could do this. That is amazing. He just did that to the car. That's a car that they finished. I experienced that for my first time when I did my grand opening. I mean, when I got into detailing, it wasn't a grand opening. It was just hit the ground running to try to make the business work and make money. And then, you know, now with the transition of the growth of it and having the storefront and, and having the opportunity to do the grand opening, that opened my eyes because that was my first official like car show on the property and doing it to that style, the networking that came about the notoriety of the brand of the business. And then afterwards being able to pick up business from customers that wanted to have their cars done by us just because of that event. Right. And most, event. a lot of, yeah, a lot of detailers think that, well, you know, if I only get like four cars, it's going to be too small. I go, no, there's no, no event too small. You can educate, you can educate anybody and you start, you know, with one customer at a time. I mean, look at, look at what your storefront has done for your business. I mean, it, it puts you on a different level, right? And so, 
and, and I, I look at it this way. I mean, I, I walk into, walked into thousands and thousands of shops and car dealerships over my career. And I, I can walk into a shop and I can instantly tell, is this guy making money or is he not? I can tell right away. It, it's so obvious to me. I walk into a car dealership. I go, oh, this is a really expensive operation here. These guys are not, their processes are not dialed. And, you know, and then of course, then the, you know, the parts and service director or service managers are like, yeah, I'm spending too much money in my detail department. I'm like, well, there's no, it's not a priority, right? You're not, you're, you, you, there's no training there. The people don't know what to do, but you expect yeah. them to be It's just money going out. It's like, sure, it's a hole. You're, you're pouring money in the hole. And it, it's no different in a, in, a, in a car dealership, a car wash, a detail shop. I mean, they're all the same. You know, the processes are slightly different. The customers may be slightly different. But in reality, you know, you have to have a well-run business. And, and it's got to be organized. And if it's not, you know, like I said, I walk in a shop and you probably do the same thing. You visit some detailers like, oh, boy, that guy's not making money, right? Yeah. I mean, you yeah. can just see it. And so, you know, and, and, you know, sometimes guys go too far. They think they need too fancy a shop. Not about a fancy shop. It's an no, organized. No. I, I, could, I could care less if it's pretty, but it's got to look. It's got to look the part and, and you got to come to your business every day and enjoy it. I mean, it's like, you know, we make PNS as nice as we can make it. I mean, you know, but I, I come here every day because I want a good work environment. Yeah. And it's creating that experience. And there is to where it's a little overkill because then it becomes an experience that's more egotistic than the actual functioning part of that being a reason why you did it was for the experience for the customer. Okay. That's great. Now, everything else that came with that, all that extra spending, what was that for? Because the experience is already established. Right. So it, was it for the individual owner because he just wanted to have all these great pictures on social media? Was it functional? Does it make a return for you or was it just on the wall because you wanted it and that's that? Yeah, but no, and that experience is just that. And I, I think from you know dialing into your own business and really watching everything from all different aspects of it, um, and all the wheels turn when you do walk into another facility, the wheels start turning to be like, okay, they're doing this, they're doing that. And it just naturally, you're just like, huh, are they making money? Are they not making money? Because that's just how you operate individually. So different than going to the restaurant, picking up the menu and seeing the swirls, right? It's just, it's a sickness we have because we deal with it so much. Right. <laughs> you right. can't run from it. So yeah. Well, and I think too, it's like, you know, you, I mean, one of the things that's, you know, the IDA is fostered and detailers are now seeing it is the fact that, you know, there's nothing better than having, you know, you go visit a guy's shop, you know, say, I don't know, 50 miles away, whatever. He's not a competitor. And you go visit his shop and you see what he's doing. And he comes to your shop, he sees what you're doing and you're going to help each other. Absolutely. Because every time you go in somebody's business, you learn something. I, I mean, I, I go in factories. I'm like, oh my God, look how they're doing that. We should do that. Or we're really screwing up. How come we're not doing that? You know, because we only know what we know. It's not till we look outside and we see how we can improve ourselves. Um, you know, every day. I mean, it's easy to get in a rut. I mean, you know, like you know, our, our shipping and receiving department. These, oh, well, this is how we do it. Well, it's not really the best way, you guys. So let's think outside the box. You know, yeah. But you always have to be doing that, and it's hard though because I was like, I was just talking to Keith Plessy, who's you know, kind of my right hand man here at PNS, and you know, my my the guy to get shit done for me. Right. And so the reality of it is when I was talking to Keith, I go, Keith, you're the guy that runs it because I get lost in it. I need you to keep me on track. 
because, you know, it's easy to just get buried in your business and, you know, and especially detailing. It's like, look, I got, well, I got 10 cars to detail. I'm the owner. I got to do them. You know, it's, it's hard not to get involved. Yeah. Um, and so you always got to be analyzing your business to improve it. Yeah. That, that's, a, that's the only way you're going to be able to grow, right? Yeah. <laughs> Understanding where, where, where your downside, well, we're, where we're, your upside. You know, in PNS, I mean, we, you know, we had a spectacular year in 2020, which is, you know, nice to say. It was very challenging. Don't get me wrong. Supply chain, all that stuff, raw materials, bottles, sprayers, you name it. It was all a shit show trying to get any of it. But the reality of it is, you know, we had a great year. And now, you know, we're, we're, we're changing daily because we have to meet demand. Yeah. It's our, you know, it's, it's something we got to do now, you know, and our product's going out to the world. And it's going out to the world faster than we can handle it. So that, you know, that's our focus in 2021 is like, look, you know, we got to, we got to, we got to ramp up and we got to look at all, you know, all options. And so, you know, to think, I don't, I mean, I, there's just some stuff I can't share, but I mean, you know, there's stuff, I shouldn't say I'm too, sometimes I tell too much shit, but um, the reality of it is, you know, we're, you know, we have to focus on changing our business because we got to meet demand and it's a great opportunity. So, yeah, and you guys have done that very well with as you've released products to meet the market demand demands of what's relevant, you know, ceramics, you know, cleaners, I mean, everything just even with the double black line of products, how it's accommodated, you know, the current day of what people use and want in their shops. I mean, we added 14 products last year, 14. I mean, that's like, how do we do that? I don't know. We're not going to do 14 this year. That's for sure. Yeah, um, but there yeah. are some things in line without. Oh no, being, no, know, there's some things yeah. coming up, but we're yeah. not, you know, that was that was our goal because we felt like the prior year, we didn't really didn't come out with anything, you know, quote new, and so we were like, look, we 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 need to come up with some new stuff. But one of the things that PNS has is, you know, we have a legacy of chemicals that are, you know, we got we got some diamonds here that people just don't know about, no. and so that's kind of our focus. Some of the focus in 2021. I mean, Sydney, you know, she's spectacular. Kyle, Spectacular, Prentice, Rennie, all of them, Keith, they, they all do a great job. But one of the things, Sydney's like, you know, have you guys ever told anybody about bug off? I'm like, well, we've had bug off for, you know, 20 years. It's a great product. I mean, Dave's adjusted the formula to make it current. It's all cool. And so she's just like, well, I'm going to do a video on bug off. And the next thing, our sales on bug off doubled from that video in gallons, yeah. not too much overall, but just from that. And people are like, wow, that's a really good product. And the next thing I know, then there's you know, influencers doing YouTube videos on how to use bug off. And I don't even know these guys. That's awesome. You know, and it, I mean, it's totally <laughs> cool. And, and, you know, and, and they're like, I call them and I'm like, thanks. And they're like, well, you're calling me. I'm like, yeah, you helped us out, man. It's awesome. Yep. Yeah. Uh, really and most people won't do that. That's why they won't make the phone call. Yeah. It's know? like, you know, um, I don't know. You just got to be uh, the authenticity, uh, being authentic. That's a line that Matt Mormon said to me when he came to tour our facility you know, you're always like, you want to open your cupboard. I'm like, I don't really want to show our place. You know, it's like, we, you know, it's nice. It, we sell a lot of stuff. We're very successful, but Matt's like, Bob, just be authentic, man. That's what people want to see. And I'm like, okay. He was so right. He was so right. I love, you know what? I don't know if you know Matt, you know, Matt. Pretty yeah, well. yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I love Matt. I mean, he's like, Hey, what you get is it's all I got. Right. He just, he loves to say that because he's like, look, I, there's no secret here. I either like it or I don't. Don't take it personally if I don't like it, but I'm just being honest. And I, I love that about Matt because, you know, if you send him something he doesn't like, he's like, yeah, no, I don't like it. It doesn't mean he doesn't like you. It just means he doesn't like the product. That's okay. You know? Yeah. 
No, but to touch on your on your point with you know some of the legacy line products, you know, there's been a few that are that are that were great products, but when they got put on the forefront with the double black brand, they just brought a whole another element to that product and, and probably the sales part of it, but just being more well known. And not that it wasn't known before, but it was kind of in the shadows as this little gem. And then when it got put on the forefront, you know, even like with the bug off, it became now something loud well, and proud. Um, the biggest success story of that is Breakbuster. Yes. I mean, Breakbuster, we've been making Breakbuster for 25 years. And it was always a great product. It, it always did its job. Clean tires really well, clean the rims. It wasn't acid, right? And so we were in the market servicing, you know, professional uh, car dealerships or car washes. And it was either used acid to clean the wheels or there was nothing, right? And it's, you can't mimic how, you know, HF reacts on the wheel surface and, you know, rids the, you can't, yeah, you can't it's, mimic it's a that unique with a clean. <laughs> yeah, with a, yeah you can, but it's dangerous as hell. But you can't mimic that with a non-acid wheel cleaner. But Breakbuster was always spectacular, but it just didn't have an audience. And so I owe it all to Keith DePlessy. He's like, you know, we really should promote Breakbuster. It's an awesome product. Go, well, yeah, it's an awesome product. I know it's an awesome product, but you know, People like acid. He goes, no, people don't like acid. They want to use a product that's safe on their wheels. Let's just give it an audience. And really, and then there, we were selling a lot of Breakbuster in our legacy brand. And the rag company came to us and said, just put it in double black. We, I, I'm not even telling you the right number. I think we quadrupled sales when we put it in double black. Wow. I, and I think it's actually, it's probably tenfold to be honest with you. I really don't, I really don't know. You know, um, I haven't looked at it, but you know, there's a lot of those that just didn't have an audience. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, um, what was the other one? The one, the, the story that like, Oh, express how you had told oh, me that. Cleaner. Yeah. <laughs> Been around for since 1990, no, since 19, I don't know, 90 something. And you said it was sold and in a concentrate and it really didn't have much. We called it leather cleaner concentrate. Nobody used it. I go, this is the best cleaner. It dilutes 15 to one, but you couldn't get anybody to use it. So I said, let's rebrand it, call the Express Interior Cleaner. The rest is history. It's, yeah. it's, it's, it's such an ideal product to use on the inside of the car. Um, you know, so, and then we put it in double black and it ha now had an audience. So, you know, I mean, yeah, double black. I mean, it's funny. Rennie, um, it was- I was gonna say, four, give I us think. a little story on, on yeah. how that- Well, double black, that was never in the plan. It really wasn't, you know, when, when Rennie became our spokesperson, we went to SEMA, we announced that he was going to be our spokesperson in, I think like September, October and then SEMA happened. Right. And that was our, that was our first SEMA. I mean, I've been to SEMA many times. We never exhibited. And we, we just, we had a great booth, you know, it was a great show, but we really didn't make an impact. Right. We did, we, we made an impact. We didn't grow sales. And I'm like, Rennie, we got to create something that the consumer wants to buy. We got to create a signature line with your name on. And he's like, really? I'm like, yeah, we got to do that because you know, you're our spokesperson. We need you. We need to give you a tool to market. So we created double black and we needed a boutique brand. We needed a marketing sphere, right? We had all these chemicals, but guys are like, well, which one do I choose? Like, well, if we could recreate a line, make it a narrow focus and create a marketing tool. And then, you know, we, we thought about names. We didn't know what to call it. We were going to call it Randy's Signature Series or something like that. 
and then, but Rennie, you know, he likes skiing. We grew up snow skiing and then we looked for, you know, like a river rating or, you know, climbing rating or something like that. I'm like, double black diamond, dude, that is it. And so, you know, we, we Googled it and the only thing was Johnny Walker and, and ski runs. That's all we could find. And we're like, this is perfect. <laughs> it had so many subtle things to fit the detail industry. Number one, black paint's always the challenge, right? Double yeah. black, you know? And then we could use the diamonds as kind of a rating system to set our standard. Um, and then Rennie didn't want his name on it. And then Rennie um, actually brought one of his buddies in, a marketing guy. And I, we brought our stuff down to Rennie's shop. And the guy said, well, Rennie, if it doesn't have your name on it, what do you sell? Like? And so, you know, Rennie's like, okay, I lost that one. So, you know, we put his name on there. But the spectacular thing about Double Black is I, I got to say, Rennie, um, Rennie's a spectacular friend but, and a spectacular individual. But sometimes he sets out what I perceive to be unrealistic goals. He goes, we're going to do this number with double black. And I'm like, God, Randy, you're, you're freaking crazy. Well, we almost hit it this nice. year. I mean, it's just amazing. And I'm like, how did that happen? Right. And really, I, I got to give a huge thank you to the detailing industry because they've really embraced us. I mean, they really have. And, yeah. and um, I like to think it's a two-way relationship. I mean, we, I, obviously I love the customer to use our product, but um they've really embraced our brand and they've embraced our company and, and uh, you know, they didn't have to do that. And so I really appreciate that. And there's many people that played a role. I mean, the rag company played a huge role. Yep. Uh, Pan, the organizer played a huge role. Matt Mormon played a huge role. You played a huge role. Rennie, the hugest yeah, role, right? Yeah. Well, All you guys have pioneered a lot of that for now the other manufacturers are looking into similar yeah. ideas <laughs> i mean it's kind of i mean we had this marketing concept that now you know everybody wants to do but you know the, not everyone but you know it's the secret sauce how do you create that secret sauce of you know marketing well and not offend but embrace i mean it's it's subtle you yeah. know i mean yeah. there are companies that spend millions and millions of dollars on social media and try and create this boutique thing and they fail you know yeah. you gotta hit right the timing was right i mean i look at you know like uh, Pan's video at the rag company when he looked at the bead maker. I mean, that was just, I still laugh every time he touched the paint, he started laughing so hard, you know. And then Matt Mormon, his authentic, goes, Well, you know, when I got a call from Matt, he goes, Bob, can I sell your stuff? And I was like, Well, why wouldn't you be able to sell it? He goes, Well, most people don't want to sell me. I'm like, Well, why not? You know, but that yeah. was also early on in the obsessed garage phase, too. And then Matt grew and we grew with them. And, and yep. you know, so there were so many things. And then in bead maker, I mean, let's face it, bead maker put us on the map. Uh, Beadmaker still keeps us on the map. Sales of Beadmaker grow every year. Uh, it's one of the most talked about categories. I don't want to say product because people think I'm being egotistical about Beadmaker, but that product, that spray product that goes on paint, when you look at YouTube videos, dude, that's where, that's what people want to see. So, yeah. you know, Beadmaker's in the mix and they're like, you know, which one lasts longer, all this stuff. I mean, let's face it. Beadmaker had nothing to do with longevity on paint. It's all about the experience, man. It's all about... Yeah how it makes that paint look and how it makes that paint feel and how it smells when you're applying it. I mean, that was it. When we used it in Rennie's shop, well, the, everybody know. I think people know the story about Beadmaker, but uh, my brother made Beadmaker and I had it for three years. I'm like, we don't need another detail spray. He's like, dude, it's not another detail spray. I'm like, yeah, but it is because I didn't know better, right? When we were at Rennie's shop, we used it on the car. We looked at the car, we were like, wow, that's pretty cool. We went to lunch, we came back an hour later, we're like, okay, so did, is that car shinier now? And we're like, well, it kind of looks shinier, Rennie. He goes, are you, go, let's touch this car. 
we go and touch the car. He's like, holy shit, this stuff is amazing. And so, you know, and then, you know, now Beadmaker, four years, you know, now, it, you know, it's taken off. And really, it was the detailers that took that product to the next level. Yeah, it's they totally took it, they ran with it. And it's it, just It that. wasn't it's us. Amazing. I mean, because people would ask me about, well, how, I got 30, 60 days. That's how long it lasts. You know, it creates, it's kind of a cool product. They would be cool product. This product's the shit. I mean, it's like, so, you know, and, and then, you know, Pan and Matt and the rag company. I mean, these guys, once they had it, they're like, oh my God. Yeah. Well, and you know, there's a lot to be said about that. You know, there's, there's, there's a lot of products on the market, you know, and as one that's, that's used it for a while and been part of the beginning of it and, and selling it, you know, not to have you know, support it because of those things, but to support it because it is unique. It's a unique cured polymer. It does things different than what other products do. And no, it's not maybe as long-term or as durable as others, but that's okay. That's wasn't the initial purpose for it, right? It's the cosmetic value and the other characteristics as a as a whole package to say that it delivers on, you know, cost, effectiveness, all these things that, you know, all of my customers, you know, they get their hands on it from a consumer standpoint. It's it's the juice. You know, oh, there's geez. other juices out there, but oh, you know, of course. But it's it's one of those things, yeah, they hit the mark and that's a staple in our industry now regardless of one of I think one of the things that's so amazing to me when I look at that whole category now, and I look at the noise in the cat, you know, graphene now, SIO2, all this, it's like, wow, look at what's and going great on. Great products. Totally, totally, absolutely great products. But when I look, like when I watch a guy and he goes, okay, so I'm going to put this spray spray product. And I hate the term that they, they call it coating. I, I hate that because no. coating yeah, is, a, is so confusing to consumers. It's so confusing. It's like, look, as professional detailers, we identify a coating as a, a polymer resin that cures on the paint that is totally durable and chemical resistant. That's what we call a coating. But now it's, you know, it's on these bottles. It's a little mis totally misleading, right? But what I, what I look at is I, I watch like the, the, the prosumer or the enthusiast and he spends six hours working on his car right? So he'll, he'll, he'll decontaminate it. He'll one-step polish it. He'll decontaminate it again. He'll get it all ready. And then he'll use, you know, some spray product on there. And I'm like, well, why not coat the thing? Right? You spend all that time, coat it or get somebody to coat it and then yeah. use the detail spray to main, maintain it. Because these products, I mean, they're never going to be as long lasting as a coating. It's just I don't want to say never because shit happens, right? Uh, Technology yeah, changes. I, mean, I, yeah. I don't want to say that. <laughs> no, I'm not tempted. There's no doubt about that. But, you know, the, the longevity. So, you know, people are searching for that holy grail, but coatings are that holy grail. They're legit. There was a guy, um, uh, what's, um, Pan the Organizer just had a guy, Brian Welzer, I think his name is Fab Auto D. He did a, one of the coolest coding videos. He just did it. Where he took three coatings. It was an Adams coating, a chemical guys, and um, and one other coating. I can't remember. But he put three coatings on the hood. Real coating. Not I'm not talking sprays. I'm talking actual coatings. And then he threw everything at the coating, everything at these coatings for the kitchen sink. Degreaser, acid. He kept going, kept going, kept going, kept going. And he's like, these coatings are lasting. I go, aha, yes, they are, because they're coatings. That's what they're designed to do. Yeah. I go. That and so the consumer is confused that oh, I got this spray product is coating. No, you're not. It's not what we define as detailers as a coating. It's yeah. it's a spray product that does a good job. It's yeah. durable, but it's not a coating. And then the conclusion was he took it out and he lifted hit. He took it out to a, a grassy field and he goes, "I've never done this." 
and he lit the hood on fire. I'm like, oh my God, this is so funny, right? I'm like, this is the greatest video ever. And he's like, look, the coding lasted. I mean, it was so cool. And you know, my takeaway from that is that was such a good video for the industry. Yeah. Because it defines why coatings have a place in our industry. Yeah, and they're not because going they're, nowhere. They're spectacular, man. I mean, I, when, I, when you coat a car and then you go to wash it and the soap just go kind of falls off that paint, you're like, damn, look at that, yeah. right? That's, <laughs> that's a coating. Car that's person or not, coat. you're always uh, like, whoa. <laughs> I always, I mean, you feel it. I'm like, look at that. And then, and then you take bead maker and it pairs really well with coating. Then you're like, whoa, look at that. I mean, that's, that's what's fun. Yeah, no, I 100% agree. So, you know, with, with with where we're at right now on time and everything, what do you have as far as something that you could say last words, Bob, uh, for, um, you know, people out there, detailers, others, just something that they're a good takeaway for them that you could give them? You know, I, I could talk hours about detailing, but I just, you know what, in closing, I want our country to come together, man. I really do. Um. United States of America is the most spectacular country in the world. And last year was a shit show. It really was. And, you know, America is great when we're a team. Yeah. And America needs to be a team. We need to come together as a country and we need to just move forward, man. You know what? We are such a spectacular country. We, we're there's so many great things going on. I think our industry is a good example of how people can come together, oh, yeah. you know, to work to a common goal. And so I, um, you know, I think that's my message, man. You know, don't forget that we are the greatest country in the world. And don't forget that we can, we can beat anything when we rally together as yeah. a country, beat it. And so, you know, we still got COVID for 2021. It's not going away. It's going to be a tough time. But, you know, it, it's going to solve itself. And, um, yeah. you know, we're going to we're going to not solve itself. I mean, we're going to have to work to fix it. But we'll, we'll get out of this thing. And, um, you know, I just it's just an honor to be on here with you. And, and just, you know, I could talk detailing all day long. I, mean, I just love it. But um, but that's it. I think just don't forget that we are the greatest country in the world. And we need to come together. And I agree. We'll beat I, everything. I think like what you said, you look at any you know, uh, team, you know, whether it's athletes or businesses, just that key word as a team, as America, as a team, when you come together as a team, anything can happen. You could be, you know, in a positive direction, make anything happen. So I, I agree. And I thank you for having the opportunity because it's, you know, it's, a, it's been a long, wild couple of years, you know, plus COVID, but uh, I got to say, you know, as a friend, first and foremost of, you know, a, a good friend and just, mentor you know things you've helped me with over the years and everything having you on was awesome and uh, there's a small small group of handful of people that i look up to in the industry that have helped me out that are still my really good friends and you're you're you know obviously one of them and uh it's, well that, that feeling is mutual my friend yeah. i mean i i look up to you like dude you're a stud i mean that's i when i think of detailing i think of justin lobato i mean i really do you, you just you know you're it and you're the walking shining example of what a detailer should be uh, humble, professional, um, strong goals, good family values, all that stuff, man. That's 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 what makes it a, a great detailer. One day at a time, right? One day at a time. One day at a time. <laughs> all right. Well, let's, how get, do, let's get the 2020 over. Hey, man, have a good have a good Christmas. 
Thank you. And you as well. But how, how would people reach you, Bob, as far as if anybody wants to reach out to you in regards to questions or becoming a distributor or any of that, how would they reach out to you? Uh, so yeah, no, psdetailproducts.com, psdetailproducts on Instagram, psdetailproducts on Facebook. Perfect. That's it. That's how you reach me. Yeah. That works. Okay. Well, Bob, thank you very much. Merry Christmas. Tell Dave I said Merry Christmas as well and, uh, and the family. And uh, I appreciate you, got you it. and we'll keep in touch. And thanks again. And this concludes our uh, number nine. I have a good one, man. See double digits. Bye-bye. Yep. Thanks for tuning in this week to Reflection Artist Live. We hope you had fun and learned something new. If you missed an episode or are looking for more, check us out on our social media or podcast platforms. And join us next week when we have another amazing guest. Don't miss it. We'll be talking business, life, and detailing. Also, don't forget to check out BuffAndShine.com for a variety of buffing pads and accessories for your detailing arsenal.